0: Alright, what is going on everyone? My name is Justin, but you can call me Jay Swag, and welcome to episode 2 of Sports Talk with Swag. In today's episode, we're kind of going to be covering a couple of topics again like last time. We're going to be talking Super Bowl, we're going to be talking high school basketball, and uh, a couple other things, but uh, yeah, so give it a listen. Let me know what you think as usual. Um, if you have any Comments or thoughts on what I talked about, or any things that you want me to talk about in the future, any uh, critiques, I am more than willing to listen to all of those. So, yeah, let me know. But uh, without further ado, let's get straight into it. So, this past Sunday was Super Bowl 51. Uh, I'm assuming all of you guys watched it who are listening. But if not, I'll uh, give you guys who haven't seen it a minute to pause this podcast and go watch the Super Bowl. And we're back. What a game, am I right? Anyways, so, yeah, actually, though, what a game that was. Um, I'm sure, like I did, the rest of you were probably stunned with the outcome. Um, Especially for those of you who turned the game off early and either went to bed or left your party early. A lot of people turned the game off or pretty much said the game was over at halftime even um, and didn't really give the Patriots any sort of a chance to come back and win this thing. But lo and behold, Tom Brady found a way and just marched his team right to his fifth Super Bowl ring. Um, And and, and what a way to do it. Um, A couple of things I want to cover on this topic, so let's just get right into it. As much as the Patriots won Super Bowl 51, the Falcons also handed it to the Patriots on a gigantic, shiny silver platter. A lot of people, like I said earlier, just kind of were done with the game at halftime. Um, At one point, the Falcons had a 25-point lead. That was the largest lead they had. Uh, It was 28-3 within, I think, the last two minutes of the third quarter. Um, and they ended up losing the game, not scoring a single point after that. And the Patriots scored, um, you know, 31 unanswered points after that to win 34-28 to 28 in overtime. A um, lot of stuff to go over here. So, first of all, that was the first ever Super Bowl to go into overtime, uh, which I found pretty spectacular because... This is the fifty-first Super Bowls, fifty-one years in a row. Fifty years in a row, I guess, where the Super Bowl had not gone into overtime, but this is the first time ever it went to overtime. So that was pretty spectacular. Um which I don't know if that says something to the fact that the games aren't as competitive as you think they would, and there's always a decisive winner, or where there's clearly a better team and they are able to secure the win without needing to go into overtime. Look at that as you will. But first Super Bowl game in overtime, um, so that was pretty incredible. But the biggest thing that I took away from this was why the Falcons not run the ball? They had the entire third quarter to just run the clock out and just, you know, not throw the ball and, and, and stop the clock and give up opportunities for interceptions like they did um, and give the Patriots a chance because if there's one team and one quarterback that you don't want to give a chance to have the greatest comeback in NFL history, it's Tom Brady and the Patriots. The, the largest comeback in in Super Bowl history up until this year was only 10 points. So when it got to a 25-point deficit, everyone was just, okay, this game is done, can we just call it early? Can we just give them the trophy now and just go home and stop this embarrassment? But the Falcons did not hold their end of the bargain, and they lost that game. They threw it away. It was their game to win, um, and they lost it. it. It was disappointing, and if I were a Falcons fan... I would, wow, I don't know what I would do because as a sports fan, you know, I've gone through, obviously, as every sports fan does, excuse me, a lot of heartbreak. You know, being a Yankees fan, obviously, they've won a lot of championships, but they've also lost a couple. They had that infamous 3-1 meltdown to, or sorry, 3-0 meltdown to the Red Sox in ALCS a couple years ago, Um, a couple of, um World Series championships lost because of that. Um, Being a Giants fan, every year is like that. Um, But I I can't imagine going through that, feeling so confident for pretty much the entire game, and then the last couple minutes of the fourth quarter, just biting your nails, and then you end up into overtime. And then when James White ran that third touchdown in, to give the Patriots the win, I, I just, I don't know, man, that's, that's heartbreaking, that's unreal, I don't know how you deal with that and move forward, but thank God I'm not a Falcons fan, I guess, um, so as it turns out, actually, being named the regular season MVP does not bode well uh, in the postseason, specifically the Super Bowl, um, no regular season NFL MVP, since 1999, has gone on to win the Super Bowl. Let me just go through this list really quick with you. So last year, Cam Newton was MVP. He lost uh, in Super Bowl 50 to uh, the Broncos. Um, Year before that, Aaron Rodgers was MVP. The Packers lost in the NFC title game. Year before that was Peyton Manning. Broncos lost in the Super Bowl. 2012, Adrian Peterson won the MVP. Vikings lost in the wild card. Um, 2011, Aaron Rodgers. Packers lost in the divisional round. 2010, Tom Brady. Patriots lost in the divisional round. 2009 and 2008, Panton Manning. Colts lost in the wild card in the Super Bowl. 2007, Tom Brady. The Patriots lost in the Super Bowl. 2006, LaDinian Tomlinson, Chargers lost in the divisional round. 2005, Sean Alexander, the Seahawks lost in the Super Bowl. 2004 and 2003, Peyton Manning won. Um, 2002, Rich Gannon. 2001, Kurt Warner. And 2000, Marshall Falk. So, being named the MVP of the NFL, obviously a very high honor and something that people the athletes strive to get because it's obviously the highest award and honor you can get but at the same time if your team's doing well you kind of as a fan hope that your your team doesn't have a player who gets named MVP because it doesn't bode well in the end and for the Falcons it ended the same way and the Falcons lost yeah, the Super Bowl but there's some statistics that I want to go through and some records that were broken um, in the Super Bowl because obviously it was an unreal game. And as I already discussed, um, first overtime game in Super Bowl, uh, first time coming back from a larger than 10-point deficit in the Super Bowl to win. Um, let me just go through Tom Brady's stat line with you real quick from the game. 43 of 62 for 69% completion rate. 466 yards, two touchdowns, an interception, and uh, he was also sacked five times. But Tom Brady actually set, I think he broke seven or eight different records in the Super Bowl. Uh, I have a couple of them written down here that were um, just really more astounding than some of the other ones, but um. He's the uh, first quarterback with five Super Bowl rings. He's only the second player ever in NFL history to have five Super Bowl rings. Uh, the first was Charles Haley. Um, shout out! He was a JMU Duke um, JMU alumni, so that's cool. So there's he's the first quarterback ever with five Super Bowl rings, uh, passing Terry Bradshaw and Joe Montana, who both had four. Um, he set the record for most pass attempts and most completions in a Super Bowl, as I mentioned earlier, most passing yards, um, 466 yards, and this is his fourth Super Bowl MVP, uh, which is the most ever, and he also passed Joe Montana on that as well. So as you can see, quite the game for Tom Brady, um, it's, it's a pretty incredible stat line, just for a quarterback to have in even a regular season game, you know, 43 completions, um, 466 yards, it, pretty crazy. But to do that in the Super Bowl as well and to make that, you know, 25-point comeback as well, it's pretty crazy. Um, but – and so obviously he was named the MVP of the Super Bowl. But there was a dark horse candidate for that who I actually was pulling to win the MVP because – um. I think he was just important to the game if not more. Well, I don't know. See, because that's when you get into the nitty-gritty of it because Tom Brady really was the leader on the team and on the field and he's the one who marched his team down the field there in that last drive to send it into overtime. Um, but James White um had quite the game um for the Patriots as well. He he actually set a couple records himself, but he he had 14 catches for 110 yards and three touchdowns, um, in the Super Bowl game, and he actually set a couple records, so he had the most points scored by a single player in the Super Bowl at 20 points, um, with those three touchdowns, and he also scored the, uh, two-point conversion, um, as well there to send into overtime, and, uh, he also set the record for the most catches in the Super Bowl with 14, um, And a lot of people would argue that he was just as important to that game and winning that game to the Patriots as Tom Brady was, being that he scored that two-point conversion as well as the game-winning touchdown. Um, But overall, a very, very entertaining end to what started out as a very lopsided and boring game to watch. Um, But... Yeah, so definitely a Super Bowl to be remembered for years and years to come. Um, one that will always be remembered by Patriots fans and one that will be impossible to forget for Falcons fan. But um, what a year for sports as well. Um, if you really think about it, you had the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. Um, <clears throat> this year, you had the... Um, NBA Finals, the Cavs coming back from being 3-1 down to bring the first championship to Cleveland in, I think it was 68 years. Um, You had the Cubs coming back from 3-1 down in the World Series to bring the first um, World Series championship back to Chicago in over 100 years. And you also even had a buzzer beater um, for the NCAA men's basketball tournament. That championship was won by a buzzer beater as well, so quite the year for sports, Um, you know, entertaining to say the least and shows you that it's really not over uh, until it's over. Moving right along and transitioning sports um, to baseball now, specifically the MLB, Um, the MLB just announced earlier today that they are going to be implementing a new rule For extra innings, which is that each team on offense will start with a runner on second base. Uh, And I don't like that. Um, I I see their point. I understand why they're doing this and um, that they're trying to do this. Um, They're trying to speed the game up because it it can drag on and it's a long game. Um, You know... I know this past year, in a playoff game in the MLB, there was uh, one inning alone that lasted an hour, and the game, I think, itself lasted five hours, which is just ridiculous. I mean, that's like watching three full-length movies back-to-back-to-back or, you know, one extended-cut Lord of the Rings movie. But anyway, um, I see what they're doing, and I, I do appreciate that they're trying to experiment and try different things out to speed the game up. Um, because it does need to be sped up, but just at what at what risk though? Just because I I understand that it's fair because each team gets it, and in the game of baseball, you have the top and the bottom of the innings regardless of what happens. But I don't know. I it just it just seems unnecessary to me. Um, I just don't really like it. Um, I, I can't specifically say why though. Honestly, it just it it just seems a little ridiculous and a little too far to speed the game up, um, especially because at that point, you're getting to extra innings, and I think it's it's the actual, you know, nine innings that needs to be sped up at some point, in, you know, in there. Um, they're going to be trying it in the Arizona Fall League and the Gulf Coast League, their upcoming seasons, um, and apparently it's been a part of international baseball for over 10 years now, so, um, you know, Clearly, it's worked there. So like I said, I'm glad that they're experimenting and we'll see how it works. And if it does work, great. And, I'm, you know, I'm happy to be proven wrong with this. Um, but, uh, yeah, and um, I'm just interested to see how it goes. Um, I'm interested in your guys' thoughts as well. What do you think about this? Do you think this is a smart way to try to speed baseball up or not so much? Um, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, but because I know there are some other rule changes that they talked about. Um, for instance, not actually having to throw four pitches for an intentional walk. Um, I'm not exactly exactly sure how they would change that. I guess maybe you would just the catcher would do the same signal for the intentional walk, but um, you would just have to throw one pitch. Um, but you know, I was talking with my dad about that the other day and we were kind of going back and forth on that because what's interesting is when you do throw those four pitches to intentionally walk someone sometimes the pitcher's not really paying attention or is just kind of out of their groove, and, you know, based the the hitter is kind of just like, well, you're not really throwing these out of the zone, so I'm going to take a swing. And um, we've seen time and time again um, players have hit doubles and home runs even off of intentional, intended intentional walk pitches, um, but they just weren't thrown out of the zone. I think they were also talking about um, – making the strike zone smaller and raising the bottom of the strike zone up. So that'd be interesting too, to see if that goes through or not. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like I said, they're implementing it in the Arizona Fall League and the Gulf Coast League, their upcoming seasons, as well as the upcoming World Baseball Classic. So it would take a few years to move its way up into the major leagues. Um, It would probably, if it goes well, trickle its way up um, the ranks in minor league baseball until it finally made it to the MLB. And finally, to kind of uh, wrap up my final my final topic here for this podcast. Uh, I know it might seem early, but I may I may go on a little bit of a rant on this one. But um, for those of you who have seen, um, you'll know who I'm talking about. But for those who don't know, um, there is a high school basketball game in California earlier this week where a sophomore in high school scored 92 points in one basketball game. Let's say that again. A sophomore in high school in his varsity high school basketball game scored 92 points himself. Now, at first glance, this is incredible. It's 92 points by a player, which is insane. Um it, you know, it's high school the kid's a sophomore it's incredible um lamello ball is his name his uh some of you may know his older brother um lorenzo ball who's a freshman at UCLA who's projected to be a top 3 draft pick in uh for the NBA this upcoming year um he's a point guard um he's averaging i think 8 assists a game he's a great player he's a great player um but so his youngest brother Lamelo ball sophomore in high school scores 92 points and like I said, at first glance, that's amazing, and I remember when I first saw it, I was like, wow, that's incredible, that's awesome, tweeting about this, whatever, blah, 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 this is so great, but then, um, I took a look at his stats, and I also made the mistake of watching his highlights, which really just, ugh, yeah, not good, it made me mad, it made me really mad, um, so let me explain to you, so let's go through his stat line first, um, Shot 37 of 61 for 61%, which is great. Uh, five rebounds, seven assists. Um, you know, overall solid um, stat line. Um, but then when you start to look more, um, he was 7 of 22 from three-point range. Not too great. A little under 33%, uh, which isn't terrible for, for three-pointers, but, I mean, when you're taking 22 threes in a game and you only make seven... Maybe you should stop shooting threes. Um But these stats can be deceiving because you see that he is 37 of 61. Um 61%. That's really, really good to shoot in a basketball game. Um sometimes when you see players score a lot of points, you'll see that they shot, you know, twenty of sixty and they only shot, you know, thirty percent, and they're kinda just jacking shots up every time they got the ball and they got lucky, and pretty much the only reason they scored so much was because they shot so much. Not so much in this case. Like I said, he shot 61%, which is a great, great field goal percentage. Um, but this is deceiving. And this is why it helps to watch the highlights of the game. Um, first of all, um, he didn't play defense for majority of the game. Uh, if you watch the highlights, you can see he scores a layup. The other team inbounds the ball. They go down, and you see LaMelo ball maybe make it to half court, um, just very slowly sauntering down the the court, not even bothering to try playing defense. The other team misses, his team gets the rebound, chuck the ball down the court, he has a wide open layup. Rinse, wash, and repeat. And this happens for a majority of the game. Um, I will expand upon that more. But that's one thing. Um, So again, the other thing, a lot of his points were in wide open layups because he was just standing under the basket. So that makes it not as impressive as well. Um, But then the other thing that really irks me too is um, his teammates would intentionally foul the other team to stop the clock so that he had more time to score and oh that just woo, that makes me really mad it, it, like i i'm getting mad just thinking about it and what i'm going to say and talk about it because it's just so frustrating and that's just that is not uh that is not what basketball is about that is not what sports is about um the uh the opposing team's coach actually uh, was interviewed after the game and he was quite upset about it as well um for the same reasons that i mentioned And he has a specific quote where he talked about how um, sports, the game of basketball, but specifically sports now, is just in this day and age really becoming about individualism. And that is not what sports is about. It is so awesome to see someone score 92 points. That's incredible. That's amazing. 92 points. Not going to see that again for a very long time. That's insane. But... When it gets to the point where that's only happening because his teammates are intentionally fouling the other team so that he has more time to score, he's not playing defense at all, he's just sitting under the basket doing wide open layups to get probably 40 or 50 of his points, it's really not that impressive. And it's actually just kind of annoying because that, that's not what sports is about. And I understand it's like, oh yeah, but his teammates were passing him the ball and he, they wanted him to score. But that's not what it's about because they were wanting him to get a lot of points. And that's not what basketball is about. At its core, sports is about competition, friendly competition, having fun, and enjoying the sport that you're playing while also having the you know, general sense of competition. So you're being pushed to be your best self. And in this game, I do not think that LaMelo Ball was being pushed to be his very best. I don't think he was trying his best at all. Clearly he wasn't. Um, and that just frustrates me because, sadly, I think he gets that, um, that mindset from the NBA. And that really, really irks me. That really bothers me. And that's why players like, specifically James Harden, comes to mind. I just don't like the way he plays. He's an incredible athlete and player. I, I will give you that. He he right now is in contention for to be the NBA MVP. Um he's scoring 26, 27, 28 points a game every game, he's getting around 9 or 10 assists every game. He has a lot of triple-doubles this year. He has uh the most 40-point, 10 assist re, uh games. He has the most 40-point triple-doubles um he's he's done a lot he's a great player but when you watch his highlights he's one of those players where as soon as he scores the ball he kind of saunters down and if he does run back on defense he kind of just lazily stands there and really doesn't even care if the player just blows by him or a shot up over him he just doesn't even throw his hands up he just doesn't care he just wants to score the ball and i understand that you know scoring is part of basketball but that's not what sports is about it's not competitive he's not trying his hardest And it's really, really annoying. Now, I know a lot of people will say, oh, you're just mad because he's so good and he did so well, blah, blah, blah. I'm not. I'm not. I love seeing players do well. I love seeing Russell Westbrook get triple-double after triple-double after triple-double. But it annoys me, though, seeing that he's also averaging probably close to six or seven turnovers a game as well because he's trying to get those triple-doubles. That annoys me. I don't like that. Get the triple-double because you're playing so hard, and it just happens. That's like Draymond Green. He's a good player. He just tries his hardest, and he gives it his all every single night and leaves it all out on the court. He said himself, if I was trying to get triple-doubles, I'd get one every night, but I'm not trying to. I'm trying to get my team to win, and I'm trying to make my teammates be better players, and I'm trying to make myself a better player. I love that about a player. They're trying to always be their best. They're trying to push their teammates to be their best, and they want their team to win over... Their individual statistics. And I just don't think that LaMelo Ball at this point has that mindset. And yes, I know he is a 15 or 16 year old sophomore in high school. What do you expect? He's not in the NBA. He's not a professional. He's not in college basketball. He's just a high school. He's a kid. Let him have fun. And I get that. And I'm all about letting kids have fun. But that's just the same as. When you see little kids on a playground running around, one of them's having fun by swinging on the swings. The other one's having fun by pushing kids off the swings and by cutting kids in line and going down the slide before them. And you don't just let that happen because, oh, they're just kids and they're trying to have fun. You need to say, yes, that's fun, have fun, but you need to let others go in front of you. You need to not be hurting people, blah, blah, blah. In the same sense of this, of, yes, you're having fun. It's a game. It's basketball. You're just a kid. But that mindset will stick with him. He will keep going through high school, barely playing defense, wanting to just make highlight reels so he can get to college and go to UCLA, which by the way, he's already committed to go to UCLA, follow his brother's footsteps, make a ton of highlights, do the same thing, get a a lot of good stat lines, then get drafted in the NBA, then make millions of dollars. And then it's just, it's a vicious cycle. And then you end up being the next NBA player who just cares about getting a lot of points and triple-doubles and doesn't care if their team wins or loses. And that just is very... It, it's honestly upsetting and kind of sad to me because that's just not what sports is about, and that's not what the good of sports is for. Um, and it—it it, it, like I said, these kids are trying to go for highlights now, and I actually a couple of weeks ago, saw a different highlight of the same kid, LaMelo Ball, um, in a high school game. He's bringing up the ball from um, from the other side of the court. They're inbounded in. He's bringing it up. He slows down as he gets to half court, points at the logo at half court, stops, pulls up, and shoots a half, point sh- half court shot. Excuse me. Drains it. Crowd goes wild. It's on social media everywhere. Bleacher Report is posting it. Everyone's sharing it. You know, it's on all, the, all these highlight reels. Everyone's going crazy. But now it's started a trend, and now there's all these different high school and even middle school and even elementary school basketball players bringing up the ball, looking all cool, pointing at half court, stopping, popping, and shooting the half court shot. That's so cool. It makes a cool highlight reel. You look so cool. Oh my gosh, you're so good, you can point your shot and make it. However, this kid, Lamella Ball, does this a lot. He's already he's done it, I think, six or seven times this season already, and he's only made it once or twice. So it's not the same as, you know, Babe Ruth pointing to the stands, hitting the home run. He did that once, he hit the home run, whatever. If he does that once, that's great. Don't try your luck again, but it, it, it's 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 the arrogance. He, he thinks he's so good, he can point to wherever he wants and shoot and make it. If you're going to make it 100% of the time and never, ever miss, fine. Go ahead and keep doing it because you have the skills to back it up. But if you're going to shoot 10 of those and make two of them, you kind of just look dumb and you look like you're trying way too hard to look super cool and make it to these highlight reels and get post it all over on social media. And again, these little kids, even younger than he is, are seeing this all over social media. They're seeing it on Instagram and on YouTube, getting millions of views. They're like, I want to be like him. I want to be cool. I want people to be sharing me doing this and looking cool on YouTube and Instagram. So I'm going to do this in my, you know, rec league game with all my other friends that are seven years old. And and lots of kids are missing it. Some of them are making it, obviously. Yes, and the crowd goes wild. Blah blah blah. Yay! But it, it it's encouraging. Again, it's just it's encouraging. Not what sports are supposed to be. It's not about making cool shots and and looking cool because you can say where you're going to make a shot from. It's just it it breeds a a mentality of arrogance and and cockiness. It's not confidence. Because confidence is just knowing that you can make the shot, but you don't need to point it out. And you don't need to do all these sorts of celebrations and blah, 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 blah. Um, You just go out there and you play the best you can and you make your shots. That's it. And just, I don't know. I'm talking in circles now at this point. I need to stop, but that's all I have to say about that topic so again curious to see what you guys think of it Um, what are your thoughts on that what are your thoughts on kids pointing up walking up and pointing at half court taking the shot trying to score 100 points in a game let me know what you're thinking on that and uh, I'd be interested to see alright well uh, other than that guys I uh, I want to thank you for listening Um, again I really appreciate you checking this out um i really enjoy doing it it's a lot of fun like i said i'm trying to not i'm trying to not set a set schedule um because i just i know that it'll set expectations for you guys and for myself and as soon as i break that i'm gonna just beat myself up over it so hopefully it wasn't too long uh in between without a podcast um hopefully it won't be too long again um coming up without a podcast um But yeah, as always, please let me know your thoughts on it. Um, I got a bunch of feedback on the last one, and I really appreciate that. It was a lot of good stuff, a lot of good pointers as well for this next episode. So again, please let me know your thoughts um, and your criticism, critiques, whatever, Um, the good, the bad, the ugly. And again, I really mean it. Like comment or text me or just find me and talk to me about what you thought of the episode and the different things that I brought up um because i love talking about sports and i love to start a conversation um and just continue this conversation um but anyways i want to thank you guys for listening and uh i will catch you in the next one